David Roll, author, historian, and Egyptologist, is an agnostic, someone who remains unconvinced of the existence of God. Yet, he clearly sees archaeological evidence of the biblical Joseph, Jacob, and the early Hebrews in the Nile Delta region of Egypt. Roll believes that many Egyptologists have missed evidence for the Exodus because they have been looking for it in the wrong time period. While most scholars think that the events of the Exodus happened in the New Kingdom, David Roll's view would put the Exodus in an entirely different period, the earlier Middle Kingdom, where he claims evidence for the Exodus can be seen. After this 12-year investigation, I too have come to see that the Middle Kingdom was the only place where a sequential pattern of evidence matching every step of the Exodus events can be found. This leads to a new question. Why is this evidence showing up so much earlier than expected? David Rowe's solution was to propose a radical idea. He had identified problems with Egypt's history unrelated to the Bible. When he shifted Egypt's timeline by centuries to fix the problems, the result was that this pattern of evidence matching the Exodus now lined up with the biblical dates for these events. Other good scholars maintain that you don't need to change Egypt's timeline in order to see evidence for the Exodus. James Hoffmeyer believes textual clues in the Bible point to the Exodus happening at the 1250 BC Ramesses date. Bryant Wood and Charles Ayling believe the Exodus occurred around 1450 BC using the conventional dates for Egypt and Canaan. They believe a case can be made for Israelites living in Egypt prior to that time and later Israel appearing as a nation in Canaan. So an exodus of some kind must have taken place. But the only place that I saw a pattern matching all the steps was in the Middle Kingdom, not the New Kingdom. And if that's not a coincidence, it would require some kind of major change. Either the exodus happened long before 1450 or the dates for Egypt's timeline are off. The debate over the dates of ancient history is intensifying. While the conclusions of those who support major adjustments differ in their details, they're all of the same mind that these things are worth investigating and that chronology is not yet fixed and is not yet final. Researchers like Roland Bimson believe the main problem lies in these lesser known dark periods of Egypt's past. They think scholars have miscalculated their lengths, causing distortions in the dates for everything before them. The biggest suspect is this very long third dark period, which new information suggests has been overinflated by centuries. If it were reduced, the history of Egypt would need to move forward in time. For many years, I was intimidated by the giant of Egypt's dating. But what made me take a second look was when I learned that it's been necessary to insert gaps into the histories of all the surrounding civilizations in order to match the dating of Egypt's third dark period. Yet the archeology span of these cultures does not seem to support such gaps. Something was wrong. What might history look like if the dark periods were adjusted the way that some scholars believe the evidence demands? What are you proposing? 
my whole thesis is that we have to look for the Israelite sojourn and slavery in Exodus in a much earlier period than is normally believed. So most Egyptologists will place the Exodus in the 19th dynasty. I would place it at the end of the 13th dynasty when we have the archaeological evidence that matches the story. They have no archaeological evidence to match the story in the 19th dynasty, so the problem here is they then say it's fictional. They say that the story doesn't really happen. So you place it in the wrong time, then you argue it never happened. What a weird way to do history. When considering the conventional Exodus dates of 1250 BC or 1450 BC, there's no doubt that most mainstream scholars have become very skeptical after finding no evidence for the exodus or conquest at either of these options. Both of these dates fall within the late Bronze Age when the New Kingdom's 18th and 19th dynasties were ruling Egypt. Israeli archaeologist Zev Herzog addressed the problem of a lack of evidence matching the conquest at the site of Jericho during the late Bronze Age. The question of the conquest there at Jericho, is there a place called Jericho and was it destroyed? Yes. Well, Jericho is a very nice, good example because of the... But it has nothing to do with, with the chronology. It has to do with the fact that there was no city there in the late Bronze Age which was uh, fortified by city walls and which was destroyed in fire as it is described in the book of Joshua. So this is... Uh, and, and there is no... It cannot be... Uh, argument, uh, chronological argument. There is an earlier uh, occupation there, there is some later occupation, but not fortified in the Iron Age. But in this period, which, yes, which uh, generally is accepted as the, the, the uh, expected date of the conquest, which is the late Bronze Age, the late 13th century BC, there is no city there. The Bible states that the Exodus happened around 1450 BC, according to the temple yes. uh, and back timing it in that, which would put it at an earlier date than the time that archaeologists today put the Exodus. There's a several hundred year difference. Would it then more match the, the Jericho destruction that is found in archaeology? No, there is no, even this early date is not supported by, by archaeology. There was no, no such a city in 1400 uh, as well as in the 13th century. Mm -hmm. So this would not uh, provide. There were always excuses. I mean, that there were city walls, but they were washed away. That they reused the ancient city walls, continued to use them. But there is no evidence for this. This is, this is our hypothesis. Because if someone reuses, they have to rebuild them. You have to have floors. You have to have pottery on the floors, which date, and this was not found. This was not the case. Mm -hmm. So in the Middle Bronze Age, was, when was Jericho destroyed? That's the question. Do you, uh, uh, well, this uh, I, do not, I did not study it exactly. But sometimes in the uh, late uh, 17th or even in the 16th century, it, it is much earlier than any, any date which you could expect it. Again, well, Jericho was destroyed. And this, uh, the, 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 the story in Joshua about the destruction of Jericho is not an invention. It's not a, it was probably a legend. There was a memory. There was, once there was a city there, and it was destroyed. But it doesn't mean that it was destroyed by the Israelites. It doesn't mean that it is connected. While Zev Herzog acknowledges that Jericho was destroyed, the common date given for that destruction is just too early for him to connect it to the Israelites. 
The possibility of shifting the dates for Canaan's archaeology forward by centuries to line up with Jericho's destruction with the Bible's conquest is just too radical for most to consider. However, Kent Weeks confirmed that Egypt's history is not yet a settled matter. Chronology is one of the big bugaboos in, uh, in archaeology, in history generally, and especially in terms of ancient Egypt. And there are many problems with Egyptian chronology. And I think we will all agree that uh, those problems magnify the further back in time we go. But even in more recent periods, late period history, there are still some problems. That said, the chronology of Egypt is still a lot better founded than the chronology of most other parts of the ancient Near East, which means that Egyptologists have two great problems here in dealing with chronology. One is to get a chronology that is internally consistent and satisfies the needs of those people working in Egypt. But then the other is to get a chronology that will be accepted by scholars in other areas of the ancient Near East because when all is said and done, it's the Egyptian chronology that underpins everything else that's being done throughout the rest of the known world. It's a big responsibility, a heavy burden, and it's one of the reasons that people look at it so closely because in terms of reconstructing ancient history, a lot hinges on the answers. Kent Weeks made no indication that he'd be in favor of anything as major as shifting Egypt's history by centuries. But the reality is, a shift wouldn't just affect Egypt because the archeological dates for Canaan and the surrounding region are all dependent on Egypt's history. So if Egypt's historical dates are not that certain and need adjusting, then Canaan's history would also require the same kind of shift because they're connected. But a lot of people don't want to do that. No, 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 because Egyptian chronology has been assumed to be fixed now for, for a very long period of time. So the whole idea of, of taking it apart and starting again is anathema to most Egyptologists. Because mm -hmm. it would undo a lot of their books, wouldn't it? It certainly would, yes. Although Bimson and Roll propose that Egypt's timeline needs to be revised by centuries, others believe that the dates are only off by a decade or two at most, and they do not consider a major shift to be a possibility. Do you think that um, it's difficult to really understand how to date some of this? Oh, I think it is, yes. It can be difficult. Um, one has to uh, uh, realize that, they're, uh, that they don't write history as we do today, um, and they don't use uh, the calendar or the dating systems that we use today, plus genealogies. You have to be able to uh, be a genealogical researcher. You have to be able to put together uh, you know, these families, and um, if it's unrealistic, you have to rethink it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so uh, you often have gaps in the, in the genealogical information, too. That's typically Near Eastern. So uh, it is, it's a difficult thing. And that's why even today, uh, when you look at dates, uh, accepted dates of kings, we could be off three or four years either way or sometimes uh, even more, uh, but uh, not four or five hundred years or anything like that. Uh, that, that would not be so. But, but we do have... Uh, very great limitations when we talk about these things. David Roll has suggested that the chronology needs to be, the Egyptian chronology is off, and he's shown actually where there are tombs and uh, there's overlaps, and no one wants to touch the dynasties or deal with that. 
What are your thoughts about that? Well, I'm not an Egyptologist, but I evaluated his chronology from the Palestinian side and what the impact would be uh, on you know our knowledge of uh, the archaeology of Canaan and and biblical events and so on. And it just it can't work. Uh, there's too many problems. You got the Philistines. Uh, in the divided monarchy and all kinds of crazy things going on that uh, we know didn't happen. So I've written an article on that responding to his chronology and I, I don't think it's valid. He creates more problems than he solves. That's the problem with his chronology. <laughs> Your chronology that you're working with is linked to Egyptian chronology. Right, especially and, in the earlier periods, that's great. In the, so do you feel confident uh, about the Egyptian chronology? Yes, Egyptian chronology is uh, well established and uh, most scholars, well, there are minor uh, differences uh, again in interpretation, but basically the, the Egyptian chronology is very sound. Is there a pattern of evidence earlier in history that would have matched the biblical story, but the, but the chronology is just not matching up? In other words, if if your time period was earlier, would evidence of the conquest and evidence be different for your interpretation? This is exactly what some scholars try to do in order to overcome the, the conflict between archaeology. I, as I, I don't think that there was, it is possible because again, there is no, there are so many broken links in this chain that you cannot Puts them together. So you don't see if the chronology was shifted, like I've talked to other uh, scholars and they said the problem is the chronology. They say that the chronology is inflated and if the chronology was taken out that the biblical stories would match exactly and that's the reason why people such as yourself can't accept it because what the, the late uh, uh, Bronze Age is saying is there's no evidence here. Well it happened in the, early, or the middle Bronze Age. Yeah. Okay, well, it happened in the Middle Bronze Age, but there was no, we have no evidence of the presence of a Jewish people in the Middle Bronze Age. So, or, uh, so uh, this is impossible, and we, 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 we do have so much information. This is kind of what I say as excuses we used to do when we still, all of us, subscribe to the biblical archaeology con concept and we believe that this is historical. So we found, we looked for solutions how to overcome the discrepancies. There are so many anomalies now. There are so many contradictions that you cannot be put it together unless you are a very <laughs> great believer. I heard these kinds of dismissals many times before but they didn't provide enough specifics to make their case. So how could I really evaluate the arguments and make an informed decision? These arguments also seem to be ignoring the pattern of evidence matching the Bible. This led me to wonder if these conclusions are based on a careful examination of all the evidence, or are they attitudes based on other factors? It seemed that the same slogans are often repeated but I have found that many scholars are actually unfamiliar with the revisionist proposals put forward by Roll and others. Well, some people would say that if you look for an exodus, when you look for the collapse of the Egyptian 
uh, culture, you wouldn't look in the time of the Ramesses because that was the height of Egyptian culture. You would look at a time previous to that when it was like a dark age. Uh, that's what David Roll has um, told me, that uh, that's why he sees you know, a space for it to happen earlier in mm -hmm. the Middle Bronze Age. What do you say to that? Uh, well, we still, have, we still have the reality of the text as we have it. Uh, I don't think, even, even, if we, even if we went with the so-called biblical chronology, and put a 1447 Exodus date, um, David Roll wants to even push it back earlier. So that's not according with any biblical chronology. Uh, I think it's very dangerous to create a scenario to look for geographical mountains or places and think this must be where this event took place and then adjust the, the biblical text or the historical text to figure, fit that reconstruction. So I, I'm, I'm dubious of that. This view, however, misunderstands David Roll's proposal. As shown in the film, he uses the traditional biblical date of 1450 BC for the Exodus and only shifts the Egyptian timeline to produce the alignment. What's not changing is the Bible timeline, because that's not affected by it. If you're changing the Egyptian timeline, you're moving it against the Bible timeline. So all of a sudden, things that were not in the right time period between the two are suddenly lining up in a different way. And that's the exciting bit, because that's when we suddenly start to find evidence for the biblical story. Other scholars are put off by the idea of a radical timeline shift because of the writings of a Russian-born psychiatrist, Emanuel Velikovsky. In his 1952 book, Ages and Chaos, Velikovsky claimed that there were major flaws in Egypt's chronology, and he proposed radical shifts for Egypt's timeline. But he was not formally trained in archaeology and Egyptology, and apparently he made major mistakes that made it easy for scholars to dismiss all of his ideas. There has been a New York psychiatrist who didn't know anything about Egypt. He pretended he did. He wrote a number of books uh, mainly about chronology and he used our papyrus as his starting point to show that conventional chronology of antiquity has been muddled up by these stupid scholars. He says there's a mistake of 600 years. He wants to prove that the events that are described in the papyrus of Ipuwer are identical to the ones mentioned as the ten plagues of Egypt in the Bible. Can this be true? Well, I already gave you the time frame that uh, Egypt Egyptologists stick to, then it wouldn't be possible. Um, can you really assume that two uh, descriptions of natural phenomena prove that we are talking about an identical event, one and the same event? I don't think so. Even though I asked about David Roll's proposal, Martin kept going back to the book by Velikovsky. I actually just filmed David Roll. Now David Roll would say, no, there's a new chronology. The Egyptian chronology is off by 300 years and 
he points to the Ipuar papyrus as being an eyewitness account. Yes, well, as I said, that uh, this uh, Velikovsky, this psychiatrist from New York, uh, used this, this uh, clash of evidence, this, this problem, as his point of departure that ancient chronology uh, makes a mistake of 600 years. That is a very, uh, very strange statement, but uh, okay, let's read his book. I did. On almost every page, he mentions things that are utterly impossible because he can't read the hieroglyphs, he misinterprets the evidence, he doesn't understand the Egyptian uh, uh, representations. Uh, there are m grave mistakes on every page. So if this book has to convince us, forget about it. Yeah, that particular, and I don't know which one you're talking about. Uh, I haven't read that one. Um, um, he I'm, started all this in the 60s. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm more familiar with uh, David Roll's new yeah. chronology. Velikovsky's proposed shift was nearly twice as large as David Roll's, and Roll bases much of his system on hard data from within Egypt. So other than the big idea of a major time shift, I don't think the two really should be lumped together. And for those who would oppose any kind of radical revision, it should be pointed out that other scholars propose radical ideas of their own. Israel Finkelstein has advocated for moving Solomon back into the Iron Age 1b period, which actually requires an extension or redating of the Iron 1a period by about a century in order to accommodate the judges period. And Bryant Wood's proposal to redate Jericho's destruction to the end of Late Bronze I period requires a shift of 150 years from the consensus view. If we don't have the correct dates, there's no way we can correlate the archaeological findings with the biblical uh, narrative. Uh, and it works <laughs> both ways. You must have a correct biblical chronology and you must have a correct archaeological chronology. And there's room for errors and disputes and disagreements on both sides. And uh, I hold, as we've discussed, I hold to the 1446 date for the Exodus, 1406 date for the entry into the Promised Land. And uh, I believe with that dating system, we have very good correlation with the archaeological evidence. Now, when we look over on the archaeology side, well, uh, Kenyon would say Jericho was destroyed in 1550, not 1406. So there's a chronological problem. And I have reviewed the data and the evidence, and I say, I believe Kenyon was wrong. I believe Garstang was right with his dating in the 1930s. And so once uh, that date is corrected, then you have a correlation. Uh, and so you're constantly working with the dates and the chronology and trying to refine the uh, chronology and come up with the correct dates so that you can make a correct correlation between the Bible and archaeology. You're going against the trend here. I mean, most of the archaeologists of the world have bought into a completely different dating system. Yes, that's true. Uh, but I go back to my original thesis that we must base our conclusions on the evidence 
and on the data. And if these scholars will look at the evidence and the data, I think they will be forced to come to the correct conclusion concerning uh, biblical dating of these events and concerning the uh, destructions that we have found. Other scholars, such as John Bimson, maintain it is entirely legitimate to question Egypt's timeline for reasons that have nothing to do with the Bible. There's a whole host of reasons for, for being skeptical about the current Egyptian chronology. Um, some of them to do with Egypt itself, but a lot of them from outside Egypt. The fact, for example, that um, the late Bronze Age all around the Mediterranean is dated because of its links with Egypt. Now that dating of the late Bronze Age creates a number of, um, for want of a better word, dark ages, you know, apparent gaps in the archaeological record. So what you're saying is that other uh, civilizations around Egypt, they have dark ages because of why? Because before you have the third intermediate period, you have the 18th, 19th and 20th dynasties. If they could move to a later date, then the late Bronze Age around the Eastern Mediterranean would also have to come down to a later date. And those Dark Age gaps would be closed up. They only exist because the current reconstruction of the Third Intermediate Period pushes what's called the New Kingdom, 18th, 19th, 20th dynasties, pushes it to that very early, early period. It, it's, it's the source of a whole host of archaeological conundrums. Okay, from a, let's say, that's the technical side of it. What is the layman's understanding? Egyptian history consists of a, of a sequence of, um, of pharaohs grouped into dynasties. And uh, before the time of the Third Intermediate Period, you have dynasties uh, 18, 19, and 20. That's the number going forward through time. Mm -hmm. um, their positions in time are dependent on the way the Third Intermediate Period has been reconstructed. So everything is built upon itself, is that what you're saying? Yes, it's like, I guess you could imagine it as a, as a tower of blocks. Mm -hmm. And uh, if some of those blocks at the bottom ought not to be in the position they are, then the higher up blocks need to come down. And in terms of chronology, that, that's what I think is necessary. The 18th, 19th and 20th dynasties are dated too early because the third intermediate period is too long. Okay, and uh, so there's a, there's a variety of reasons why you and a number of other people are suggesting that this tower is not constructed properly. Yes. And if it was to change, would that impact how people see even biblical evidence? it would open up a whole new set of possibilities for correlating biblical history with Egyptian history and also with, with archaeological periods because the archaeological periods in Palestine in, in what's called the Late Bronze Age have the dates they do because of links with Egypt. So if you start moving Egyptian history, you start moving Palestine's archaeological history as well. So it, it's opening up a whole new set of possibilities which a number of people are beginning are beginning to look at and I think this is a, a very exciting new phase that we're entering for um, looking afresh at, at uh, archaeology and, and the biblical narrative. 
I talked extensively with David Roll about this topic, and I wanted to know more about his background and the dynamics at work in this chronology debate. Well, I, could, I went to university as a mature student, having been in the rock industry for 25 years, so I came to university with a rock and roll attitude in some respects. I wasn't a young, immature student, so I asked questions of the professors. I always questioned, why are you telling us this? What are the, what are the facts behind this statement you're making to me? And they quite enjoyed that interrelationship. But it meant that I was always able to say to them, you give me the proof. What's the archaeological proof for this particular statement you're making? And so we got this sort of like debating situation going on, and people were coming in with ideas. And this is how this new chronology, we call it, this e evolving chronology, we're trying to revise, trying to compress, trying to work anew, how it began at university with a bunch of very clever people working in a postgraduate environment, debating and discussing the timeline of history. Mm. So uh, what happened to you, though, in one of those debates? Well, it was amazing, actually. I was asked to present my ideas at a, a major lecture in London. And sitting in the audience was a literary agent. And he came to me at the end of the lecture and said, um, do you mind if I represent you? So I signed a contract with him. And within a couple of weeks, I was over in Washington signing a TV deal with Discovery Channel, doing the same in England with Channel 4, and book contracts were flying at me as well. So I ended up being dragged away from university to write popular books and do TV series about this very subject. So you actually became successful be before you actually finished your degree. Absolutely right. And unfortunately in that situation you can never go back to do your PhD afterwards. The why? degree was finished why, why the PhD. That? Oh, in other words, you finished your degree. I finished my degree and I was in the process of doing my postgraduate work at this time when I gave this lecture. So what happened was that because in the rules of the university that I particularly was at is that you're not allowed to pre-publish your thesis of course, it was on television all over the world, you know, and it was in a, a best-selling book, so I couldn't go back and do the PhD thesis on that, on that basis. Hmm. And uh, so your success has somewhat been a, a, a good and a negative thing. Absolutely. Hmm. But what I thought was, I have to take this to the people. Mm -hmm. I can't go through this complex avenue of, 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 you know, it's like the, the wood and the trees syndrome, isn't it? You can't see the, the wood for the trees. That's what academia is like in certain ways. So I had to avoid all that and go straight direct to the people and, and put this idea out as a popular idea and see how people reacted. And they've reacted how? Fantastically well. The ordinary public love it because they can see the truth of it. What do other archaeologists tell you about your ideas? Well, to my face, not very much, okay, but in uh, reviews and in written works, of course, they criticize it very heavily. But that sort of thing happened in the early days. It's not so much now. I suppose what they're trying to do now is starve it of the oxygen of publicity. So they think if they don't write about it, if they don't talk about it, it might go away. But it's not going away. Mm -hmm. What's at stake? At stake is reputations, for instance, history books that have been written in the past that people are still reading, encyclopedias, all those things are going to have to change. But if we keep the timeline the way it is and we don't acknowledge certain historical events, let's go back to uh, the question of Jericho. Yeah. In other words, people are saying, from what I understand, that Jericho actually collapsed, but not at the time that they've given it in the Bible. That's exactly right. And we get into this complicated thing about time periods, but let's talk about it. The late Bronze Age is where most people put the conquest of the Promised Land, okay, towards the end of that. And Joshua is supposed to come along and destroy Jericho right then at, is the, that end the, the, at is the end of the late Bronze Age. Is that the time the Bible states? 
No, the Bible doesn't talk about late Bronze Age and Middle Bronze Age or anything like that. But okay. it has certain time periods that it says references, very specific time periods that it references things happened. It is, but they're, they're given dates in the Bible, okay? It's so many years between X and Y, between the Exodus and the building of the temple, for instance, is 480 years. So those are the sort of things we have. But what we have here is Joshua supposedly conquering a city that didn't exist in the late Bronze Age. And but that's did, why. But we did have a it problem. exist at any time? Yes, it did. It, it existed at the end of the Middle Bronze Age when it was destroyed and abandoned. So but earlier. that's not the time when Joshua was supposed to be there. Okay, so in other words, we have a city called Jericho. Yes. It existed. And it was destroyed. Okay, and it was destroyed in and what abandoned. manner? abandoned. What it, manner was it destroyed? The walls fell down. And they know, they basically have archaeology that the walls fell Absolutely. down. Absolutely. Okay, but it's at a time period earlier. It's than three or four hundred years too early to be the time of Joshua. By whose standard? By the Egyptian? By the conventional dating scheme that the Egyptologists give to the ancient world. But they're doing that because they're saying that certain dates in the Bible are wrong. What they basically do is they pick and choose what they want to choose. Okay, so in the later periods, they, they're happy that the Bible synchronizes with ancient history and Egyptology and, and the ancient world. That's fine. When we look to the earlier periods, things don't match for them. That's because they've stretched the timeline too far. Mm -hmm. Okay, they've, they've created an artificial chronology which is too old. Mm. Okay, so they've pushed all the, all the things that I would say are part of the biblical story too far back in time. So they no longer m match with the biblical text. What we've got to do is take a slice of time out, a big brick, remove it, and allow all this to move downwards in time. And then suddenly the biblical story matches the archaeological evidence. Mm -hmm. And is it sequentially correct? In other words, the events that you're suggesting in Egypt with Joseph, the events that happen in Exodus, the events that happen at Jericho, are they in the right sequence? They're in the right sequence and in the big picture they fit perfectly. Wow. Um, and History is coming alive here. Can yeah. you not see that? Yeah, I Look can. at how the archaeology and the history work together. Mm -hmm. You know, once you've shifted the time period, how things neatly fit in and the story becomes so real. People are afraid to talk about these things, though. I mean, I've experienced that when I go speak to them. Yeah. They're willing to talk about it off camera, but once the camera turns on, then they change. Yeah, that's reputations again. Mm -hmm. That's all about academia imposing upon scholarship a rigid framework which you cannot move out of. But that really irritates me because they're not willing to be truthful mm. about, uh, about what they actually have found, but they're not willing to speak about it. Yeah, and, and I think it was Max Planck, the famous professor, who said you have to wait for one generation of scholars to die out before a new idea can be accepted by a new group of scholars. And that's the situation we're in here. Mm -hmm. But then when you have archaeologists like, is it Zeev Herzog? Zeev Herzog, yes. yes. Well, there are two classic quotations. Bill Deaver, American archaeologist, said that Joshua destroyed a city that wasn't even there because the timeline was wrong. Zeev Herzog, Israeli professor says Exodus was a history that never happened because the timeline is wrong again. So you can see that the entire understanding or even belief system in a book can be denied by a single mistake of chronology. So people like Israel Finkelstein, Zeev Herzog, William Deaver, are they intentionally trying to deny the idea of the Bible? No, of course they're not. These are honest scholars. What they're looking at in the ground is what they're telling us they're seeing. And they're not wrong. None of them are wrong about this. There is no evidence for the Israelites conquering the Promised Land at the end of the late Bronze Age. That's a fact. Okay. And that's where pr the problems arise. It's simply the way things have worked out. Over the last 200 years, 
anomalies have occurred in what people have discovered. They've not understood what's happened here, and they've quietly put those anomalies away into the bottom drawer to forget about them. But then, of course, somebody comes along like me and says, hang on a minute, I want to open that drawer. I want to find out what those anomalies are, and I want to see how we can explain them in a different way. And that's what we're doing here. And what we found is that scholars have stretched the timeline by 300 years. You take those 300 years out, and suddenly the artifacts that we're finding in the ground fit with the biblical story. Okay, so if the timeline's been stretched, uh, and these anomalies you're trying to deal with, yeah. won't you create other anomalies then? You will always create anomalies, because what anomalies are are unknown things. Okay, but gradually we begin to understand those anomalies, and what you've got to do is get a history with less anomalies. A history, after all, is not the past. A history is our best guess at what happened in the past. And that's what we're trying to do. Reconstruct a history from the archaeological record which fits the stories that we know of, the historical stories, better. Well, some people are saying that, uh, you know, they can't go that way because there will be consequences to history that are, that are unacceptable. Why are they unacceptable? Why is it unacceptable to find archaeological evidence, the biblical stories? Why is that unacceptable? I don't have an answer for that. Well, I don't have an answer either. Go and ask them. I will. Good. I continued my conversation with David at the James J. Hill Mansion. Hill was a railroad tycoon who took part in the early development of the city of St. Paul. As we talked, David gave his perspective about why some scholars have resisted his ideas. I mean, the fact that the Exodus is such a significant event in history and the impact of it has shaped Western civilization, uh, what events in Egyptian history are so sacred that uh, they can't adapt to the Exodus evidence? The sacred cow of Egyptology is its chronology, its, its timeline. You cannot dare change it. That's the problem we're up against here. Mm -hmm. Why don't they want to change it? They don't want to change this timeline because it's been established for the last 200 years or so, something like that. And you've got reputations at stake here. You've got professors who've spent their whole lives, their professional lives, explaining away this chronology, this timeline, and trying to explain away these anomalies we find in the timeline. So things like, for instance, the Bible story. It doesn't match the history of Egypt, so it becomes an anomaly. It gets put to one side. We try to forget about it because we're not comfortable with it. And that's why we get other secular scholars saying, well, having done that, we might as well dismiss it completely and say it's a work of fiction. Well, if we talk about Ken Kitchen, he has a chronology that mm -hmm. has uh, been accepted by a number of Egyptologists. But you've come along and have upset <coughs> that idea. That idea. Mm -hmm. That's me. That's the way I work. If I see the evidence taking me in a particular direction, I will follow that direction. The problem here is that over the last 200 years, people have got used to this idea that things are not working properly in history. So we have a chronology with all these anomalies, all these problems, but they're forgotten about. They're pushed to one side because this thing has got established. It's set in stone now. We have a history that cannot be changed. We have a chronology which can't be changed. I'm saying we have to take that edifice down. We have to remove the edifice and start building from the foundations again and build the whole thing upwards. And if you rebuild the chronology, what effect does that have on history? If we tackle the ancient timeline with what we know today as opposed to what we knew 200 years ago, we can build up a whole new structure of time. And we can see from the archaeological evidence what is going on at particular times in history. So what we've got to do is adjust the timeline to fit the archaeology properly and the traditional histories we have, like, for instance, the Old Testament narratives. 
The problem then arises that people who don't know you as an individual and don't have that interaction tend to think you as a rebel because you're asking questions of things that they think is well established already. So we're in a situation now where I'm suggesting some revolutionary ideas to solve some of the great problems of Old Testament history and archaeology. And people who are professors and academics who don't know me are resisting that very, very strongly. They don't want me to upset the apple cart, to rock the boat, as it were. So I'm getting huge resistance from academia because I am a revolutionary, because I'm trying to change things in a dramatic way, not by just simply you know, pushing the envelope slightly. I want to go beyond the envelope and take us to a completely new, new way of thinking. You have to remember that the way that history, ancient history works. We live in AD, Anno Domini. We date our events so many years after the birth of Christ. But the ancients didn't know when Christ was going to get born, so they didn't have that method of dating. What they did was something called regnal dating. In other words, they dated events to the years of the king's reign. So in the fifth year of Ramesses II, for instance, he fought the famous Battle of Kadesh in Syria. So that's date year five. We have to establish as historians when that happened in the BC record. How many years before the birth of Christ did Ramesses II fight the Battle of Kadesh? And we calculate that. That's a historian's job to calculate how long in the past that was. And we can make mistakes. So BC dates are dates that are given to us by the historians. They are not the absolute dates of time. One of the things I'm looking at is a pattern of evidence. Yeah. David, do you see a pattern of evidence in Egypt for the story of Israel in Egypt? History is all about patterns of evidence. If you have one piece of evidence in isolation, it's not history. If you can string together a whole sequence of, of things that are happening that match a story, then you can say that story is no longer a story, it suddenly becomes history. We must remember again that all of the ancient world gets its dating from Egypt's chronology. And many of the scholars and archaeologists that are saying that the timeline is fixed and cannot be changed are not experts in chronology. They are just following the existing dating system. The difference I saw was that David Roll specialized in Egyptian chronology. He and others are pointing to information that suggests that Egypt's timeline needs a major revision. While these ideas have been dismissed by many scholars, they are starting to make headway. The renowned Egyptian chronologist, Kenneth Kitchen, attended an Exodus conference held at England's Reading University. Although Kitchen had vigorously opposed Roll's new chronology in the past, after hearing David Roll fully explain his proposals, he admitted the viability of Roll's theory about the Exodus. So there are two options. You've got the David Roll option on the early date. You've got the late Bronze Age option, which is not just me. Uh, there are two powerful sets of options which do not give credence to the, to the mythologist people. The mythology people he was referring to are those who claim the Exodus is just a myth. This statement is very significant because Kitchen is widely recognized as the leading authority in Egyptian chronology. Yet he called Roll's proposal a powerful option. It seems like this idea of revising the chronology of the ancient world deserves much more attention and investigation. This is something I hope to pursue in another film. Perhaps the future will uncover finds that shed light on this very important subject. Every day, you find something new in the excavations added to our knowledge, added to our history. So, as I always say, we always say maybe, we assume, we think, but I am sure this happened. No, this is not science. So, 
Once we finish the, to excavate everything, we can sit together and see what are the gaps in the chronology of the ancient Egyptian history.